my ghost won't associate with your ghost. Oh, I guess I'll start. I'll start. <laughs> Hi, and welcome back to Two Mourners, One Book Club. I'm Em. And I'm Jordy. And we are going to continue going through um, Six of Crows, chapters Ooh. 11 through 15 today. I was going to say 11 through 12. It's It's more than that, for sure. It's been a week. <laughs> it's only Wednesday. But it has been a week. It's been... <laughs> We it's understand. been one week until it did. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, um, again, we are going over chapters 11 through 15 of Six of Crows. And we left off last week with a bit of a cliffhanger. A little cliffhanger. Yes. I, you know what? That might be, a, I think a bit of a cliffhanger is an understatement. Yeah, no, it's pretty huge. <laughs> There's literally an explosion at the end of last episode. And it ends with Inej being knocked off her feet and the docks are in flames. Yes. So. A big, a big cliffhanger. Well, I guess compared to the rest of what happens in here. That's true. In context, it's not as huge as it could be because it's very twisty and turny. But But it's it's a lot for, you know, 10 chapters in. Mm -hmm. So chapter 11 starts with Jesper's point of view. Or chapter 11 is in Jesper's Mm -hmm. point of view. Um, And it starts off with Jesper feeling most alive when people are shooting at him. Yes. <laughs> Not a healthy coping no. mechanism. No. Um, it, but it is important to note, he doesn't want to die. Yes. The dying part is the one drawback, the drawback of people shooting at him. I think there's multiple, but that's... <laughs> Have you considered bullets? <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to, to come to terms with here. Um, but uh, he feels the most alive when people are shooting at him um but he he also notes that he's able to concentrate and use his skills Mm -hmm. the most while he is shooting more so than with gambling and so we get another um kind of crumb left that he is has a gambling addiction Mm -hmm. um and that him shooting is is how he can it's his coping mechanism yeah Mm -hmm. uh were you gonna say something I was just going to say that, like, we'll get more into this, mm-hmm. further into these books, but Jesper has, like, pretty bad fantasy ADHD. Like, yeah. off the walls. I Undiagnosed, untreated fantasy ADHD. We were talking about this before. Every one of these characters needs to see a therapist. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they have a lot of trauma, and they're yes. going through it, but I digress. We'll continue. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> he's getting he's kind of recalling this adrenaline rush and mm-hmm. what he feels when he shoots and also going back to the gambling addiction um and then back at the dock um in real time he's mm-hmm. shooting with both his guns remember there's zemini his made super cool guns super fancy guns basically like a like a winchester not rifle but like a winchester handgun yeah it's like a revolver the, the six chambered yeah. revolver yeah um and so he's shooting with both guns um at whatever was coming at them and he does note that Kaz told them to be ready for someone to try and sabotage them, mm-hmm. but also thinks this was way too early in a job for something like that. Because if yep. someone's going to sabotage them, it's going to be later, not as they are leaving to start this journey. Yeah. Most of the sabotage is going to make them do all the legwork and then sneak it out from under them at the last second. Mm-hmm. Not literally day zero. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> the clock has not started no. yet. <laughs> and um, so he's, he's like, this is too early. But then he realizes that they are surrounded and outnumbered. Because mm-hmm. um, remember, it's... Out- it's uh- Outmanned. <laughs> Outnumbered, outplanned. It's we true, gotta though. make an all out stand. You, I'm gonna need a right hand man. And then his yes. right hand man, Wylan, is curled up in a ball. Wylan's like, I wanna go home. But he actually really does it. Yeah. Um, so. He it, really is curled let's, up. In a ball. Yeah. So let's go back to before the Hamilton reference. Um, <laughs> We've actually managed to put one of those in, like, every episode. I have noticed that as well. It's it's more subtle than the Shrek references, but it's there. I do love Hamilton. I have a Hamilton keychain on my... I know you love some Hamilton. It's so good. Anyway, so um, back to pre-Hamilton reference. Um, (laughs) So they are surrounded and outnumbered, and Jesper stops kind of looking around, takes Mm -hmm. cover a little bit to reload his guns, and he finds a violin... (laughs) <laughs> in the fetal position, like, freaking the, out. Yeah, in the fetal position, covering his head. Poor little guy. Um, <laughs> That's basically the wild like, excuse me, manifesto. Poor little guy. Bodicito. Like, <laughs> it's true. Poor thing. Um, it's true. Poor little fella. And Jesper looks at him, sighs, and pulls Wylan <laughs> to safety. <laughs> um, and as he turns around, guns at the ready, um, Kaz is there. So Jesper turns around from pulling Wylan to safety and is mm-hmm. ready to shoot. But Kaz is there and is like, hey, go to the next dock at birth 22 mm-hmm. and board the real Fairland. Yes. Um, the real boat. And so Jesper's confused because he's like what do you mean he's like i thought our boat just blew up and um kaz tells him that he took precautions uh, and that the boat that blew up was actually a decoy so mm-hmm. we know that kaz knew about it um yes and jesper's wondering why he didn't tell him but also um but we've established that's in character for kaz to not tell everyone all the parts of his plans mm-hmm. well to not tell him but kaz or sorry jesper is still wondering because in every mm-hmm. plan that we've had in these first 10 chapters, it's always noted that Jesper questions why Kaz didn't trust him enough to tell him the full plan. Exactly. Um, and so he's still wondering why. And so um, Kaz tells him that it would defeat the per- defeat the purpose of a decoy because someone could talk, someone will find out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Kaz leaves them to head to the boat and Je- Jesper tells Wyland to follow Yep. Um, and Wylan is super stunned, but he does go. Um, and before I continue, I do want to say, um, in the book, there is a quote that, Mm -hmm. uh, Jesper says, he says, um, Jesper could never tell how much of what Kaz got away with was smart and planning and how much was dumb luck. Yep. And so (laughs) we know Kaz planned all of this through, but Jesper's thinking, of course he planned this through, but how much of this did he actually plan? Yeah. It's like, did he know they were going to blow up the boat? Or did he know there was a chance that someone would come after the boat? Um, the details are hazy. Yeah. So he's kind of wondering this. Um, that was, I was Okay. I was like, <laughs> this must be a different type of podcast. <laughs> I thought it was the bathroom door creaking. And I was like, um, spooky. Get um, Ryan and Shane on the phone. <laughs> um, and so, oh gosh, where are we? Um, we're on 144 still. Well, I, I'm oh, and my notes. I don't know where my you notes, are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you are in your notes. <laughs> um, so Kaz leaves them to head to the boat and kind of turns mm-hmm. around and walks away. Um, and Jesper, again, tells Wylan to follow him. And then they're going 
as they're going, a bullet flies by Jesper's cheek. Not mm-hmm. enough to graze it, but enough to burn his cheek. Ooh. Which I think that's such a good visual yes. as well, or like description yes. of the visual. Um, so he's not super hurt, but it's a little singe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they continue. And they're not just like running straight on a dock. They're taking cover because people are shooting at them and coming at them. Um, yep. And so as... Jesper is looking around. He sees Nina taking cover between two crates, Mm -hmm. um, and she's using her powers uh, to take people down. And so, remember, Mm Nina is a heart render, so she can stop a heart. She can soothe pain. You know, anything like that. Um, And Matthias is next to her with his hands bound, um, and (laughs) because remember they got him out of Hellgate. He's a lump of country muscle. Like Cass said, they're like they trust him, but not a lot. They it's ne- they trust they trust like, him because they have to. Yes, right now. it's like a necessity, mm-hmm. but they don't really. So his hands are tied with rope, um, and Jesper's like, "What? <laughs> this guy? He's he's tied up. Like, is he gonna help?" And so as he's thinking mm-hmm. that, um, Nina cuts the ropes and hands. Matthias a pistol and tells him to defend himself and as Jesper's watching this he's thinking that Matthias is just gonna kill her instead and so Jesper's a real one he like starts to um raise his gun ready to shoot Matthias if he goes after Nina um but then he starts he just stands next to her and starts um they're fighting together side by side Mm -hmm. so again I think this is a good description of yes. Jesper because he has Nina's bag and is ready. Yep. Um, even while people are shooting at him. Even if Kaz would be mad that he got rid of their feared and insider. Mm-hmm. He still is fully prepared to take that step. We also get another really quick, really fast piece of world building saying that um, Nina's at a disadvantage because they're essentially oh, in yeah. like a crate maze on the docks. Like I think we've all probably seen like a dock fight scene in a movie mm-hmm. or a TV show where it is kind of like a corn maze a little bit and it, it makes for some really high tension moments. And he says she's at a disadvantage because heart renders need to see their targets to bring them down. And that's a mystery tool that will come in handy later. Mm-hmm. Which is also interesting um, because, like, they can hear other people. Heart renders can hear other people's heartbeats, but they mm-hmm. need to see them in order to be able to do something. Yeah, they have to visually mm-hmm. see them to know what they're doing. And again, they have to use their hands because they're doing the sorority symbol yes. <laughs> <laughs> as they go. Um, and delta, delta, delta. Can I help you? Help you? Help you? But she's like killing you. <laughs> like, like stopping your heart. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um. I- I have an idea. I gotta... um, oh, that's a good stuff. <laughs> so, um, as Jesper is watching them, he makes eye contact with Nina and motions 22 with his hand, or two twos with mm-hmm. his hand, and she nods, um, and he wonders mm-hmm. if she already knew where they were actually going, if he's the only one who didn't know of the real plan. Yep. Uh, and so Jesper and Wyland make their way to the boat, and... Uh, they realize that they've been spotted, so they can, they're continuing through this maze mm-hmm. to the boat, um, and they've been spotted, and so people are shooting at them, and so they start making a run for it, mm-hmm. and as they get to the boat, two members of the dregs dressed as uh, sailors emerge, yep. um, and one of them is, uh, is Roddy. Roddy, and he will 
come back at multiple points. <laughs> Why is that like the end of a Marvel movie? Roddy will return. Because <laughs> that was the end of Thor. It, it was. Says Thor will return. They said uh, it for Captain America, too. Oh, yeah. Low those many years ago. Oh, right. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, he tells, uh, Jesper tells the two members of the drugs to keep, keep them back and distracted as long as they can. Mm-hmm. And by them, he means the people shooting at them. Mm-hmm. And then Jesper begins to make his way to the crow's nest of the boat. But yes. as he's doing that, he was, is shot in the leg. <laughs> um, but he kind of pauses for a second and continues up and makes mm-hmm. makes it up to to the top of the of the crow's nest. He also stops to take his shoes off. No, it's no way he, he should have stopped. To yeah, take them he off. thinks that he but should. But he have. didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another part in the book where, as he gets up to to the crow's nest, he notes that. Every one of his senses felt like it was on fire, and it's definitely better than winning a streak at the table. Mm-hmm. So this is, I'm going to say, it, this is not a good coping mechanism. <laughs> I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't think that's controversial to say that being shot no. at is not a great. He's like an adrenaline junkie. He is. And it's like you can get a little bit of adrenaline from being, mm-hmm. from gambling, but near-death situations are going to do the trick. And it's like, you are unwell. My Again, son. He's, he's 17. <sighs> so we got some things to work through in therapy. We really do, buddy. Um, and so as he's at the crow's nest, he sees Nina and Matthias um, and then notes that there are 10 men running after them. Mm-hmm. But then he sees calves running in the opposite direction of the boat. You're like, where is calves like, going? What? I also thought that it was really interesting, and I loved mm-hmm. that um, Lee Bardugo wrote it this way mm-hmm. when she said... Um, that Kaz was running in the opposite direction, not that he was running away. Because he was yeah. never running away from the battle. No. We'll find out where he was running in just a second. Yes. But she writes that he was running in the opposite direction. So yes. I really appreciated that because it, it sets the tone. It's for, a good character mm-hmm. choice. And it also because we're in limited third person mm-hmm. for Jesper, it shows how much he trusts Kaz. Kaz. Mm-hmm. That he wouldn't ever think, oh, he's running away. He's mm-hmm. like, he's running to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also is like, oh, I have no idea where Nej is, but she could literally be two feet away from me right now, <laughs> yeah. and I wouldn't know, because she's the wraith and can be anywhere. Yep. And so he keeps shooting, and then Wyland yells up and is like, Jesper! <laughs> <laughs> and Jesper thinks, I, he literally thinks, I am going to kill that little idiot. <laughs> literally. <laughs> and shouts down, what do you want? And Wyland tells him, close your eyes. Jesper's like, you can't kiss me from down there, Wyland. Hmm. Little fart. Hmm. <laughs> and Wyland tells him, just do it. And so uh, Jesper closes his eyes, and then there's a um, not like a, a fireworks noise. Yeah. Kind of like, <laughs> yes. And uh, Wyland set off a flash bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when the light faded, Jesper opened his eyes, and of course, all the people who were not expecting this <laughs> were um, blinded and kind of off kilter and so they are able to um they're able to kill the rest of the people who were after them like pretty easily um and jesper the chapter ends with jesper thinking not bad for a merchant's kid like hmm hmm maybe i have a little crush on him i don't know perhaps um and that is the end of chapter 11 so jesper's point of view they're getting to the boat we don't know who all knew about the mm-hmm. decoy. Because that's another thing about Jesper mm-hmm. is that he's really insecure. 
Mm. Like, about his place in the group, about his position with Kaz, about himself. The only thing he isn't insecure about is his ability to use his revolvers and his dependability in intense, frenzied situations. Because that's when he's most focused. That's interesting. Yeah, I never really clocked Jesper as being insecure because about... Because he's so flirty he, yeah. and, like, he carries himself with confidence. Coping. Again, but coping. It's a mask. Um, and if y'all heard that bang, I'm so sorry, I hit my Diet Coke against the table. I have a Diet Coke every every time we record this. Um, so, if you ever... Getting a little behind the scenes extras here. Get that good ASMR. I always have Diet Coke. Not um, sponsored, though we'd love it to be. <laughs> Could you imagine if I was sponsored by Diet Coke? That would Dude. literally be the greatest day of my That's life. That's like, you would have made... You would have made it. Everyone knows I love Diet Coke. Everyone who knows me knows I love it's Diet true. Coke. I have gotten Diet Coke as a secret Santa gift before. Um, and you were like, Diet Coke. I got a Diet Coke and a Chili's <laughs> gift card. And I was like, this is, I this person, <laughs> this person knows me so well. So anyway, um, that was Jordan's lovely commentary on, on Jesper and then my Diet Coke nonsense. Oh, please. <laughs> um, so now on to chapter 12. <laughs> Oh, you should, you should record that and add that in for I every should. time we do a chapter. <laughs> we should. Um, chapter 12 is in Inej's point of oh, view. girl. I love Inej. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so I also like, I think you talked about this in the last episode, mm-hmm. that it's not, the point of views for chapters are not in order. It's not like Kaz, Jesper, Inej. Yes. Like, it's not in a specific order. It goes back and forth. So mm-hmm. chapter 10 was in Inej's point of view. 11 was in Jesper's. 12 is in Inej again. Mm-hmm. And so chapter 10 again ended with her kind of being knocked off her feet by the blast. Yep. Um, and so at the beginning of chapter 12, we get a little bit more background on Inej. I think that her backstory is mm-hmm. like masterfully... Mm-hmm. sprinkled into the narrative it is because it's stuff that she th- would is thinking about in her every day but she's far mm-hmm. enough removed from it that we're not as the reader seeing the whole picture mm-hmm. so it feels natural but it's also like creating the intrigue of like okay i know we start at point a and i know we end at point c where and what was point b mm-hmm. so it's it's just really well done and i think it's really well done also for the rest of the characters because mm-hmm. when i say we flashback it's not like Oh, they're they're raving. They're having a vision of a flashback. Yeah, it's not like italicized. Like <laughs> it's sprinkled it's, into it's really organic mm-hmm, into what has happened has led them to become who they are, and they're remembering that. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. they're like fully formed people as mm-hmm. characters. Yes, and not like cardboard. It's done so well, so um, good. And so we get a little bit more background on Inej, and because the chapter starts with something her father had taught her mm-hmm. um, before she could get on the high wire, and you're like, what do you mean the high wire? What? Um, or the practice rope. And she just says that her dad taught her how to fall and to protect her head. And so she's remembering this as she's being blown back by the blast. And so yeah. as she's falling, she's remembering what her dad taught her. And so she, like, kind of tucks and rolls and, um... Yes. It's like I saw this part when I read it the first time, like, in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, like, getting pulled back. And she says even as she's being blown back, she's mm-hmm. already tucking herself into a ball. Mm-hmm. So she can hit the ground exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so as she she falls, but she's back up. Um, and then with the chaos happening, she does what she does best. She vanished. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she starts climbing these cargo crates and is scaling through them, over them, um, on top of them, so she can see what is happening down below. 
And she notes that the dregs are severely outnumbered and that Kaz was right. Someone had talked. So Kaz knew that someone was spilling, um, spilling the tea. Yep. Not in a good way. Not in the harbor. Not for American independence. <laughs> <laughs> They're at the harbor. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. No. None of that happening here. But somebody was bragging about a, the score they're about to hit. <laughs> and we... <laughs> I'm trying to power through. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good Boston Tea Party joke. <laughs> they're so rare. You gotta appreciate them when you find them. <sighs> okay. So, they're at the... <laughs> but Inez knew. <laughs> is the point. Inez knew. Inez knew the real location and that there was a decoy. Yes. Um, the oh Boston Tea Party is not happening here. He's spilling... He, someone someone shared their secrets when they should not have, and mm-hmm. Kaz was correct. Um, and so, she continues over the crates, um, and she thinks that she just wants to buy time for everyone else, because... No one knows that she's over the crates. They don't know where she is, but Mm -hmm. they can see everyone else. And so she just wants to buy them time to get to the boat and she'll get on there. Uh, Because she trusts her skills that much. She's like, oh, I'll get on there. I just need everyone else to. Yep. And so she silently and sneakily takes out six people with her knives. um, Yeah. Little stabby stab. Um, and <laughs> I didn't know how else to put that. Um, and, but she also prays before she kills each person and notes that she has a lot of penance to do after mm-hmm. tonight, but at least she was able to help the others get to the boat. And she checks everybody's tattoos mm-hmm. because she's also, even as she's like staining her soul further in her mind, mm-hmm. she's also gathering intel. And so, cause remember the tattoos dictate they tell you who's who's part of what gang, what crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and she finds that it's multiple gangs going mm-hmm. against them. So she sees um, someone from the Black Tips, someone from the Razor Goals. Mm-hmm. And she's thinking, that is not usual. Yeah, um, why, they are working together with this. She wasn't surprised that it was the Black Tips because they had just shown them up with yep. Kaz's. And so she's like, oh, it's Retribution. But then the next person was a different gang. And so she was a little shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a little agog, aghast, um, every episode. <laughs> every episode. <laughs> and, um, oh gosh, so she knows that that's unusual. So eventually she decides to make her way to the boat, and as she begins to climb the crate, she's stabbed in the side by <sighs> Uman. Um, that's who, a bad Uman. Yeah. <laughs> it really um, is, though. And so Uman was the guy with Jeels at the beginning mm-hmm. of of the book when Kaz was ready to, um, when Kaz bested Jeels. And so he's a member, he's kind of like the right hand guy, um, who has a really bad reputation, um, of violence. Yeah. And so he stabs her, um, and once. in the armpit. Well, like under, like in her side. in here, yeah. Like the left side. Like up. And so, um, uh, once he realizes who he has, he shouts, uh, mm-hmm. Gizen, I've got Brecker's Wraith. And so Gizen is, is their god. Like the god of industry. Mm-hmm. And he says, I've got Brecker's Wraith. And so, um, not that Kaz owns her, but they're like synonymous That's with each other. That's how other people see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's very clear that he doesn't and we'll yes. get to that in a little bit. Yes. <laughs> um, but. Yes, we will. <laughs> um, and so, um. Inej tells him that she that he should have aimed higher mm-hmm. because he missed her heart. So he 
you can tell where he stabbed. He stabbed below her heart, like, on her side. Yeah. Um, and he says that she's worth more alive. And there's mm-hmm. some taunting back and forth between them. Um, so he um, tells her, oh gosh, um, he says that you're quite the prize. And I can't wait to mm-hmm. hear all that you've gathered for Dirty Hands, a.k.a. Kaz. Um, so I love a good story. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I can tell you how this one ends. And he's like, he has the upper hand right now because he stabbed her. He's holding her to a crate. Um, yeah. slams her against a crate like, and she's like I can tell you how this one goes um, but you're not he, gonna like it yeah he's like uh, really really I doubt that <laughs> which to be fair he's bigger than she is he has her in, she's like in a position grievously wounded now mm-hmm. um, and so she tells him do you know the secret of fighting a scorpion and he tells her that she's talking nonsense mm-hmm. he's like don't die too quick because we need you to get patched up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while he's talking and, like, just kind of relishing in the fact that he has her um, in this position that he has bested her. Yeah. He's already thinking, like, man, I'm going to get such a good promotion for this. <laughs> Spoiler, like... he does not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so um, while she's talking to him, she releases blades that she has in her knee pad. So she wears mm-hmm. knee pads to make it more comfortable for her to crawl places. And so she releases them and then lifts her leg and jams him, like, in the the goods. Yeah. Well, they're not good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she said, don't forget to spay and neuter your animals and need him. Um, yeah. So she um, brings up her knee and jabs the the blade that she has in her knee pad into him. And so he, like, screams and lets her go. Yeah. And she slowly starts to make her way down the crates. And she's realizing she's lost too much blood and she's lightheaded and she probably can't really climb. Mm -hmm. But then her dad's voice, who she hasn't seen in years, years, we don't know how long. At this point, we don't know how Inej got to where she is, but we know that it wasn't a good situation because she was forced into into the menagerie. Because she's been with the dregs for a year and Mm -hmm. before that she was at the menagerie for about a year. Mm -hmm. And so... um, she hears her dad's voice saying, climb, Inej. And she keeps, as she starts to climb because she hears her dad's voice. Mm-hmm. And she keeps telling herself, just one more, just one more. Mm-hmm. And so she slowly climbs crate after crate. Mm-hmm. She's getting there and she's getting there. She's getting more and more tired. She's losing more and more blood. And then she gets to the top of one and she's just kind of lying there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she realizes that there are people at the bottom saying, come out, Wraith. Um, mm-hmm. We have secrets to tell. Uh, and so she starts to climb up to the next crate and, um, she's just kind of dangling there because they knocked the crate that she was on down, the people who are trying to get her, but no one's shooting. And so she realizes that they want her alive Mm -hmm. and they're like, come on down, Wraith, come on down. And so she pulls herself up on the top and is laying there like literally dying. Just like, like (laughs) winded, wounded. Yeah. Like, um, just not good. And she's telling herself, just one more, just one more, but she can't even get up. Um, mm-hmm. She can't do anything. She can't even roll. Um, she's telling herself, climb an edge. And then, this broke my heart reading it again. Honestly. <laughs> Out loud, she whispers, I can't, Papa. And, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, it hurts my heart. <laughs> it's so sad. And before this episode, we were talking about our dads <laughs> and how sweet they are. And it's just... This sucks, man. It's really sad. Oh, it's really sad. So, um, she 
whispers, I can't, Papa. Um, I know. And she says, she she's thinking even now that she hated to disappoint him. She hasn't seen him in years, but she's still thinking about him and how his voice has guided her to this point. And she's thinking that he would, like, be disappointed in the direction her life has taken when she's literally just done what it takes to stay alive. <laughs> like, it hurts. <laughs> Screaming, crying, throwing up <laughs> as I read this. Um, I, I understood that. <laughs> and so she's thinking to herself, move. And then she thinks, this is a stupid place to die. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Uh, she's try. she's in her mind, she's like, well, there's worse places to die. Mm-hmm. I did fight, like, it was a worthy fight, it was a worthy opponent, um, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden a hand grabs her ankle, and she thinks, oh my gosh, they, they climbed the crates, they got to me. And she's like, why haven't, why didn't I hear them? I would have heard them come mm-hmm. up and find me. Um, and so she has, of course, another dagger, um, in her wrist, and so, um, she... Um, is thinking that, well, her, her thought process right now is that she doesn't want to be taken mm-hmm. alive. And so she thinks, um, or she actually says, may the saints receive me. Yes. And is mm-hmm. going to stab herself. And it's her best dagger. Mm-hmm. Like she says, in the barrel, a blade this sharp was known as kind steel because it's going to do its work and it's going to do its work quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's, she thinks that she's thinking it, but she actually says it out loud mm-hmm. and says, may the saints receive me and is going to stab herself. Um, but then a hand grips her wrist um, tightly and painfully mm-hmm. and it forces her to drop the blade and then um, Kaz. Oh my gosh. It's Kaz. And he says, not just yet, Inej. And Ugh. she's like, Kaz, like, oh my gosh. Um and this is why I see Killian Murphy in my head when I read Kaz, because, like, she describes his voice as the rasp of stone on stone, and Killian Murphy's portrayal of um, Tommy Shelby, his voice is, like, that deep kind of rumbly, and I can just hear Killian Murphy's voice going, not just yet, Inej, like, and well, I'm just in, like, in the next, Yeah, in the next chapter, there's a reason I think that he's Thomas Shelby. Um, <laughs> oh, and we'll heck get yeah, there. we're we'll gonna get, get there. there. But... The actor who plays Kaz is so good. Perfect. He's so good. We'll say we've said it before. We'll say it again. Perfect casting. Perfect. I, perfect. Perfect. I I don't really know what the casting though. directors, producers, whoever cast people. I don't know what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever casts these actors in these roles, I don't know what you did. I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you find <laughs> found them. But, but thank you. Yeah. But hats off to you. Yes. Um, and so, back to the book. Um, she's like, oh my gosh, it's Kaz. And then, whew, he it gets even more. Uh, he, he picks her up into his arms and leaps down from the crates. Oh um, and so, he lands kind of hard and it says his his bad leg buckled. Because um, remember, he, he uses a cane. He's he 17. Has, but he, he has uses... to use a cane to walk. Mm-hmm. It is a mobility aid as much as it is like part of his brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. And also, he wears, we'll, we'll find later, that he wears gloves because he doesn't like. He has some deep-seated issues with touch. Physical touch. And we kind of get that when Nina grabs him, and she's like, mm-hmm. you have to stop this. And he says, let go of me. Yeah, um, he doesn't say anything witty. He's mm-hmm. like he's like a cornered animal. Yeah. And so he really does not like physical touch. Um, but he, but he picked picked, picks Inej up in his arms and starts running on his bad leg. 
Um, and she's like, did we win? And he tells her, I'm here, aren't I? Which, oh my gosh. Um, and she's thinking, she's like, he can't carry me and use his cane. Like, he, he, he's like, he is like limping them both mm -hmm. as quickly as he can. Mm Mm-hmm. And she says that she doesn't want to die, and he says that he'll do his best to make other arrangements. And she closes her eyes, and he tells her, keep talking, Wraith, don't slip away from me. (laughs) This is the most emotion that Kaz shows. Anytime Kaz shows any emotion that is not not anger, hatred, scheming, planning, it is is towards an edge. Yes. And... Any emotion that's not smugness mm-hmm. is for an edge. Um, and ugh. and he, then she even jokes back. She's like, but it's what I do best. And then he, like, grabs her tighter. And he's not having it. Mm-hmm. Like He's like, no, 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 no. Um, he, and he tells her, open your damn eyes, Inege. Mm-hmm. And she's trying. Um, and then she um, opens them a little bit, and she can see a, a scar on Kaz's neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and she remembers that the, fir- the first time that she saw him at the menagerie. Um, and uh, we find, again, really great way of doing a flashback. Yes. Um, and we find that he paid Tanta Helene for information, um, but he never visited the girls, never, nothing. Um, Untoward. There we go. That's the word. Um, and uh, she also notes that some of the girls were like, wouldn't have minded if he had <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's not about that. Because again, physical touch, he does he's not, not for it. he does not, not for it. Um, except for Nish. He tries. Um and so uh, she also says that one night when she was at the menagerie that as he passed her, um, she said, I can help you. And he looked at her and then kept walking. And she thought, oh my gosh, I'm that was so dumb of me to do. Mm-hmm. And she's called into Tante Helene's like, office parlor the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was sure that she was going to get beaten for what she mm-hmm. said. Because um, Tante Helene is like the worst kind of villain. Yes. I think. I agree. Um, but Kaz was there and um, he was, it says that he was waiting to change her life. And so he bought her contract from Tante Helene and um, gave her another contract for the dregs. And so she's been working for them ever since. So again, we get, we've kind of had these little crumbs um, mm-hmm. in the past and now they're coming together to make like a bite of a cookie. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have the full cookie yet. Yeah. And it turns out it's really not a full cookie. It's a whole like dessert table of different assorted traumas. Um, but right now we have a bite of a cookie. Mm-hmm. It's a baker's dozen. Yes. There you go. Actually, no, I like the assortment because there's a lot. Um, and so back to present day, she says, I can help you. Kind of flashing back to when she first met him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, help me with what? Um, <laughs> but he wants her to keep talking. And so he's telling her to talk to him. And she says, oh my gosh, <laughs> Jordan's like falling over. I forgot book. that it was this early <laughs> in the book that he said this dumb stuff. And <laughs> uh, stupid shit. <laughs> Um, she says, you came back for me. And he says, I protect my investments. And she literally <laughs> is bleeding out, is dying. And her thought, which could have been for all he knows, her last thought was investments. 
Yeah. And, uh, and so then she says, I'm glad I'm bleeding all over your shirt. And he says, I'll put it on your tab. Like, bro! He's like, he is breaking through all his emotional trauma, like his yes. past, every every emotion that yes. he tries not to show, he is showing now yes. to save her. And she's like, oh, maybe he does. Like, he maybe he actually does care about me. He came back for me. Yes. And then he's like, my investments. And what comes out of his mouth is my invest. I protect my investments. My, oh my brother in Christ, gosh. you are so You're dumb. Oh, you dense. Mm. <laughs> I know he's a seventeen-year-old boy, but I know, but he's but he's smarter than your average. Yes. yes, not emotionally. Which he's got to no be fair. sense. But then she's like, "That's what I." She remembered because she was going to tell him something and she forgot. She was like, "Oh, I remember." That she wanted him to apologize to her for their last um, uh, interaction where he was like, I don't need you. Yeah. And that was a little, that was a low blow. That was a low blow. He was taking some stuff out on her. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, say you're sorry. And he has the audacity to say, for what? And she said, just say it. And, and then, then she passes out. Yeah. So Kaz to the rescue Ugh. It's as sweet as it can be, <laughs> which is to say, like, very bitter coffee. Yes. <laughs> which is accurate for Mr. Brecker. Which is how she, Lee Bardugo describes him mm-hmm. in one chapter. Mm-hmm. So, fantastic. It's on it's a brand. Callback. It's on it's brand. Um, so, that is the end of chapter 12, and we're left with Inej, who knows what. Poor Inej. She gets the most cliffhangers out of these. She really um, does. <laughs> now that you mention it. Um, but I will say, when I was reading chapter 12, I texted Jordan, and I was like, he loves her so mm-hmm. much. <laughs> he is ready to break down his barriers, his trauma, his hesitations yes. to go save her. This is, like, very slight spoilers, but not a lot, because we've already kind of talked about this. But in Crooked Kingdom, the follow-up to this book, there's a point where he thinks to himself, like, can I not just scrape myself together into something kind of resembling a human being for her. And it's like, homie, my friend. Go to therapy. Bro. (laughs) (laughs) Let me level with you, please. Because his internal monologue, as I'm sure we're about to see here, is like, she's incredible. She's my life. What do I do without her? Yes. Incredible. Flawless. Never the same. (laughs) What comes out of his mouth? I protect my investments. (sighs) Bro. Then Nicole. Honestly. Um, <laughs> Dance. And. No common sense. <laughs> Truly. Um, but, oh my gosh, what was it going to say? Um, um, so, we end that. that poor Nesh. She's, she's uh. going through it. Oh, we do, now I remember. So, mm-hmm. in the last chapter, when we see Kaz running in the opposite direction, he's running towards Inej. Yep. Because he knows that he should have seen her by now. He should have sensed her presence. Yes. And, and he hasn't. Yet. He hasn't. So something is wrong. And he was correct. And mm-hmm. so his intuition's good. Mm-hmm. They are soulmates. Ugh. I'll just leave that there. <laughs> um, I'll just slip that in and let you do with what, you, what you will with it. We are Kaz and Inej stands. I say again, Kaz is one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. in all of literature. And Inej is like close up there with him. Because they're both, they're so complex. Yes, but and not. There are so many authors who try to write complex, moody people, mm-hmm. and they just come off as like sardonic, narcissistic assholes. And like they have like those moments, 
and um, but they they feel like real people. Like you're rooting mm-hmm. for them. And it's also interesting to have this kind of band of misfits mm-hmm. together, and they all have such different personalities. But it it is so rare to have a main character who is almost the anti-hero. Yeah. Um, no, Kaz is very much a Byronic hero, yes. I would say. So you keep saying that, and I like that word, but I just say Thank anti-hero. Um, at After... Taylor Swift. Her new album. It's a good song. Oh, I need to listen to that. Anyway. Have you not listened to her new album? No, I'm not a Swifty. Well, I it... haven't listened to it yet. It's a good album. Okay. So, I'll anyway. listen to it then. <laughs> um, Kaz is Taylor Swift. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's Lord Byron. Well, no, he's what Lord Byron thought he was. What is that? He is a figure in... He was like a romantic literature era writer. Oh, well... Yeah, his own, his reputation, not even his works, his reputation is the basis for all anti-heroes in media mm. today. Oh, I There's a that. really good... This is a free shout-out. Next one, I'm going to charge you. I'm just kidding. But um, PBS... Unless, no. <laughs> ...has really good um, series called um, Storied. Mm-hmm. They have a good channel, a YouTube channel called Storied, and they go into things like that. And um, it's like a bunch of like literature and history PhDs and they're super cool. But one of those um, videos is like the origins of the anti-hero and it's all about Lord Byron. So Ooh, you should watch it. It's, it's a good watch. Oh. So anyway. All that to say. <laughs> all that to say. Kaz. Chapter 13 is in Kaz's point of view. And so he gets on the boat and he's limping with, with Inej in his arms and he's shouting... <gasps> At the crew of the boat to get them out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spect, who is a member of the Dregs, but a former... A uh, naval mem- captain. Yeah, former captain of the Navy. Um, he gets the boat moving. Kaz notes that the pain in his leg is terrible. Oh, the pain in my <laughs> leg. <laughs> Sorry. Like that TikTok audio. Oh my yeah, gosh. no, he's really... He's having a very bad pain day um, with his leg. He notes that it's the worst... The worst that it has been since he broke it, falling off the roof of a bank. And so that's how he broke his leg. He fell mm-hmm. off the roof of a bank. Um, and he thinks that he might have even fractured it again. Because he jumped off a crate off of carrying <laughs> a person. He Donkey Konged <laughs> off of this. He did. He did. With a human yep. person. And, like, you know, he's strong. He's street strong. But he's not a big guy. So. Well, I mean, it's kind of described. He, he's, like, wiry. Yeah, but when Inej describes him, she, like, says that she can see the muscles. So, he's mm-hmm. stronger than he looks. Yeah, he's he's very lean. Yes. Um, not a big old hunk of country he's muscle. Not a, he's not a lump of country muscle. <laughs> I'm going to say it in a southern accent every time. <laughs> Just a big old lump from, of country muscle. From All of the Fjordans get southern accents now. <laughs> That's funny. Um... So even though he feels this pain and is in in an exuberant amount of pain, oh yes. Um, when Jesper offers, I mean, no, to, but. <laughs> it was a good good vocabulary. It was, word. it was a good that was a good SAT word. Thank you. Um, and so even though he's feeling this pain, when Jesper offers to help him, mm-hmm. he shoves past him, past him, and asks him where Nina was. And Jesper tells Kaz that Nina is below attending to the wounded and that she already fixed him up. Um, and so yeah. that's when uh, Kaz notices that Jesper has been shot and, like, it's mm-hmm. back together. But that's another point where Jesper's like, hey, I, I was hurt, too. Yeah, he was. He's like, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Yeah. But I don't think Jesper realizes how serious mm-hmm. Inej is or he wouldn't be so flippant. Yeah. Um, and then Jesper, again, offers to help Kaz. Um, Kaz just tells him to get out of his get out way. Of my way. 
Um, and so he carries Inej to where Nina is tending to Wylan. Poor Wylan. <laughs> okay, and this is what I said at dinner, and I'm glad I remembered it. So Wylan serves a lot of narrative purposes, and we love him as a character. Wylan is also there as the baseline of what a normal human being would be thinking, hanging out with all these crazy, insane teenagers who are going to go rob the most secure place in the world. Like, <laughs> he's like the baseline, like, what's going on? <laughs> Um, I just thought this, this is, um, like, the crows are, teenagers scare the living shit out of me. <laughs> really. Um, mm-hmm. That is them personified. It's true. Um, and Wylan is poor Wylan. young and sweet, only 17. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not even though he's dancing queen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so Kaz carries an edge to where Nina is tending mm-hmm. to Wylan and tells Wylan to move and so Wylan jumps out of the way he's like okay yeah he's like how high (laughs) and Nina starts to protest she's like I was working on him and then Mm -hmm. she sees how bad Inej is um Mm -hmm. and that kind of draws her back and she's like okay put her down and Kaz gently puts Inej down which he's never done anything gently in his life no um and then he tells Nina to help her and Nina tells him that she's a heart render not a healer so she'll do what she can um, mm-hmm. And so remember, heart renders. Well, I'll get into a more of a, mm-hmm. a little more of an explanation a little bit. But um, heart renders are soldiers. Healers are healers. Yeah. It, it's in the name, literally. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's the same concepts. Just mm-hmm. one is in reverse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so one makes you feel better. The other makes you feel worse. One makes you feel dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so she says that she'll do what she can. And so he leaves Nina to work um, mm-hmm. and notes that they're all alive because of Inej. Yep. Um, and all the work that she did, he didn't, like, he noticed it. Yeah. And now he can feel death in the air ready to take his wraith. Again, it's not in a possessive sense. No. It's just that they are soulmates. Um, mm-hmm. No, he's not thinking about her like an object that he owns. Mm-hmm. It's like, like a term of endearment. Yeah. Like, how couldn't, how can he go on without her? Yeah. Um, and without saying it. This is as close as Kaz will get. Yeah. And he notes that the fight shouldn't have shaken him up as much as it did because they're, they're in mm-hmm. a gang. He, he, they fight all the time. People get hurt. Um, but now he felt the same way that he did after Jordy's death. And so we know that Jordy's his brother. We don't know mm-hmm. how he died yet. But we know that it was like the defining moment of Kaz's life. Mm-hmm. And so he feels the same way that he did after Jordy's death, which is huge, and just tells you how much that he cares about Inej. Yes. Because Jordy's death is what, that's his albatross around his neck. Mm-hmm. It is what motivates him. Mm-hmm. And so he goes back up to the deck, and Jesper asks him, what the hell happened? And Wyland, again, poor kid, mm-hmm. um, Wyland innocently says that they were ambushed. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Jesper um, is like, Obviously, we were ambushed. Like an idiot can like, see are that. Are you dumb? Again, pobrecito, poor Wyland. That's <laughs> <And>, true. <laughs> um, and there's like back and forth with mm-hmm. uh, Wyland and Jesper. And then Jesper suggests that maybe the Black Tips had more spies. And Cass says that it was n- wasn't possible for them to act alone. Yep. There's too many of them. It was too quick. And then he makes his way over to Umin, um, mm-hmm. who is on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Kaz caught him. Yeah. Um, and he says that they didn't have enough resources to do that. And Jesper asks him, are you sure? 
And Cass says, well, let's, let's ask. ask. <laughs> really quick before we get into this, because this is such a good moment. I do want to say that he's also, like, right after he's thinking, like, he feels like something, like, has come loose and shaken up mm-hmm. inside of him about from this fight, which in itself was not an extraordinarily like crazy fight it's pretty run-of-the-mill for them but he still feels like shaken up because of the circumstances and then he thinks say you're sorry that was the last thing Inej had said to him what had she wanted him to apologize for there were so many possibilities a thousand crimes a thousand stupid jibes he knows so he knew it and he just instead of being like everything he just was like pick one like what do you mean apologize for what 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 a man oh my gosh honestly though um and so um kaz again says that well let's ask Mm -hmm. and so kaz goes over to where roddy had stashed uman we get a little bit of a flashback um into how they got him how kaz got him on the boat because we're a little little shocked we're a little agog Mm -hmm. that uman is on the boat and so we go back to the moment where he got him, and Uman is bragging to Kaz, saying, mm-hmm. I stuck your wraith. I stuck her good. Idiot. Why would you say that to Kaz Brecker? It's like, okay, well, you've got some perforated band goods here, so who really won? Mm-hmm. It's like, and- you'll have to piece it down for the rest of your <laughs> life, homie. And Kaz says, looks like she got you, too. Um, but he also notes that her aim had been off, otherwise Uman would, would not have been talking to anyone. And so after, like, the little back and forth between them, Kaz knocks Uman out mm-hmm. and had Roddy um, get him while he went to go get Inej. Yep. Um, and so they, now Jesper and Matthias dr- are dragging Uman over to the rail of the boat. So they are sailing. They're on, like, they are on the way. Um, again, we sh- it's also important to note, this is an actual sea. It's an actual body of water, not the unsea That's of true. the fold. This is the real ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, Matthias and Jesper drag Uman over to the rail and his hands are tied and, uh, Cass says, stand him up. And so, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, and Matthias pulls him up with one hand super easily. So we can see that he is a big hunk of country muscle. (laughs) Let's just do it. Like he's country strong. (laughs) Um, and uh, Kaz asks him what brought so many black tips out. And Uman kind of tries to play it off and says that they owed him. Mm-hmm. And Kaz says he doesn't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little more dialogue, like some back and forth. Yeah. Uh, and then Kaz tells him because Uman's trying to like play he's trying it off. To, he's trying to be all sneaky, like, mm-hmm. sh- like tongue in cheek. Like, he, he, I still got you. They did not. No. Um, and Kaz says, I want you to think real careful now, Uman. <laughs> Jules probably thinks you're dead. So there are no rules of barter here. I can do what I want with you. And then the <sighs> idiot that Uman Stupid. is spat in Kaz's face. Which is like with his touch issues, that's one of the worst things you can do to him. That's also just disgusting. And it's also not nice to do to another human being. You're right. Um, and... Well, again, we've talked about my aversion to mm-hmm. someone touching my hand. Mm-hmm. So, like... Spit's bad. <laughs> um, and so, um, Kaz takes out a handkerchief and wipes the He's spit like off his face. deadly calm right mm-hmm. now. Seething. Seething. Yes. Um, and then he thinks of Inej Ugh. lying on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and him carrying her. And so he's, like, imagining... The worst that she might be dead, mm-hmm. 
And he's still so calm. And then he tells Jesper and Matthias to hold him. And I'm just, I literally hear that, like those two <sighs> words in Killian Murphy's voice, just mm-hmm. hold him. Oh, my And God. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, something's about to go down. Mm-hmm. And so the way it's described in the book, it happens so quickly. So it says that Kaz flicked his, his coat sleeve and po- pulls out an oyster shucking knife. Oh, and that's, can we just pause on oyster shucking there? You know. Like, she could have very easily just said, a small knife. knife. Yeah. You know, everybody in the barrel carry has a knife on them at all times. But, like, the imagery evoked by oyster shucking, it's like the the slime and the prying and the violence of it. Even though he hasn't even done anything, just Mm -hmm. the words oyster shucking knife. It tells you it it ain't gonna be good. It puts you in this frame of mind of what's Mm -hmm. about to happen. And... Um, it also, the book also notes that Kaz had two knives on him at any point, but he has this, at least his, yeah, at least he has this oyster shucking knife that he pulls out. And before this, before anyone can even react or blink or think, um, he cuts Uman's just, eye, just, makes a slash across it, um, from brow to cheekbone. And b- it says before Uman could even cry out, he cuts... In the opposite he direction, just, making an X. Literally X's out one of his eyes. Yeah. It gets worse. <laughs> trigger. <laughs> we might have to put like a like a warning yes, at the beginning of this. A trigger is, warning. Yeah. It is. If you don't like violence, stop listening if, if, now. Yeah. So we said before, Shadow and Bone is like PG, maybe mm-hmm. PG-13. We're about to get into some rated R territory yeah. here. <laughs> um, and so he makes an X on Uman's eye. Mm-hmm. And now Uman is screaming. Like, oh my god. And while he's screaming, he just Kaz wipes the knife clean, puts it back in his sleeve, and then with his gloved finger, shoved it into, shoved his fingers into Uman's eye socket, <laughs> and Kaz yanked out his eyeball, and <laughs> it's so gross. It's almost like a tooth. Mm-hmm. Like he says, its base is trailing a bloody root. Like just. Ugh. Yeah, and then he tosses the eyeball overboard, and then again with the normal reaction, cat or Wyland. Yeah, Wyland's throwing up in the background. Kaz is like all business right now. He's retreated to a place inside himself where there's only him and the anger and what mm-hmm. he's gonna do next. And Wyland's like <laughs> to remind you what the normal person's baseline for this type of activity is. Um, and uh, so Wyland's throwing up. Uh, Jesper and Matthias <laughs> are holding Uman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesper and Matthias are holding yes. Uman, and Kaz literally just pulled out his eyeball and threw it overboard. Ugh. And then takes the handkerchief that he wiped off Uman's mm-hmm. spit with and shoves it into his eye socket. Ugh. And then he grabs Uman's jaw. With his bloody hand. And it ugh, it's such a good visual because it says, like, mm-hmm. you left the red smears. Mm-hmm. Um, and his actions were smooth and precise. And so he grabs his woman's face, Kaz grabs Uman's face, and mm-hmm. says, listen to me. You have two choices. You tell me what I want to know, and we drop you at our next port with your pockets full of enough coin to get you sewn up and buy you passage back to Kirch. Or I take the other eye, and I repeat this conversation with a blind man. <laughs> and all bravado is gone at this point. Uman mm-hmm. doesn't want to be blind and dickless, and so he's like, <laughs> it was just a job. <laughs> Like, he's immediately spilling out his guts. Mm-hmm. It was just a job. Gil's got 5,000. Cool, good to bring the black tips out in force. And then he says that they also brought some razor goals in, too. Mm-hmm. 
And Kaz is wondering why not more men? Like, why not double your odds? Because you know how many of us there are. Why would you not have more? And um, Uman tells him that they were supposed to be on the boat when it blew. um, Mm -hmm. And they were supposed to take care of whoever was left. And Kaz asks him, who hired you? And Uman kind of hesitates. He doesn't really want to answer. You have to have a lot of fear of somebody if you're being like, stay blind. Yeah. (laughs) Or be blind or give this guy up. So, not great. And Uman says that if he said, if he talks, then that person will kill him. Um, and Kaz tells mm-hmm. him, I will make you wish for death. So you have to weigh those options. And then Uman says, it was Pekka, Pekka Rollins. Rollins. Ooh. Huh. And. That's enough to break through Kaz's, like, like blood lust right now. Mm-hmm. He's shocked. He is a gog. <laughs> he is a gog and he is aghast. But even with that, he's still like paying attention to other mm-hmm. people's reactions. Jesper and Wyland are like, oh, really? No. Pekka Rollins? <laughs> Matthias is like, who? Huh? Who? <laughs> um, and so everyone who knows the name Pekka Rollins is concerned <laughs> that mm-hmm. he was the one who sent them. And uh, Uman tells them that they were just supposed to stop the crows from getting out of the harbor. Mm-hmm. And then he asks for a medic and, and is saying, can you take me to a medic now? I can need you one. Believe? And Kaz <laughs> tells oh. him, of course, right this way. Oh my gosh. And grabs Uman by the, the lapels, lapels of his shirt, of his shirt, hoists him off his feet and then throws him over Overboard. the rail, throws him over the railing into the water. Um, and, uh, <sighs> oh, before he throws him over, he oh. says, my wraith would counsel mercy, but thanks to you, she's not here to plead your case. And then, poof, <laughs> tosses him over, um, <laughs> and Wylan screams, no! <laughs> mm-hmm. And is arguing that, you said if he helped you, and Kaz tells him, do you want to go over too? And Wylan's trying to put up a, a brave face. <laughs> It's not working. No. Um, and so Jesper insists that Whiteland just let it go. And mm-hmm. he does. Um, and then Kaz tells Jesper to put some shackles on Matthias. Because uh, <laughs> they don't trust him that much. Uh, yeah. And the shackles will keep him honest. And to for Jesper to get Kaz some water and new clothes. Yep. And Jesper kind of ha- tries to have a crack at him by saying, I'm not your valet. Yeah. Um, and Kaz isn't having it. No, <laughs> so Kaz Jes- is in a, like, not a good mood. And then Jesper kind of just agrees. And oh. so there's a little back and forth between them. And Kaz makes his way below deck and contemplates the fact that it was Pekka Rollins who did that. Mm-hmm. And how everything in his life <sighs> comes back to him. Yes. And that's the end of chapter 13. I will say, though, when I was reading this chapter for the first time and reading it again, Mm-hmm brutal violence that Kaz cuts out someone's eye. But then you think, oh, he's going to honor it. And he's Mm going to get this guy a medic, going to fix what he can. And he absolutely just tosses him overboard with no question because he was the one who put Inej in danger. Yep. And if Inej didn't make it, it was his fault. Yep. And so Kaz needed to get retribution for that. Exactly. Just. 
It's written so well. That was that was the part where I akined Cass yes. to Thomas to Shelby and Peaky Shelby. Blinders. Because they're called the Peaky Blinders because they mm-hmm. blind people. Mm-hmm. And that is what Kaz was doing. Um, if he had and had he, the knife in his fedora, then maybe. Yes. But. <laughs> well, and he was so business-like with it, too. Like, it was personal, mm-hmm. but he was treating it like just business. Mm-hmm. Very meticulous yes. in his movements and the way. Very efficient. Yes. Um, it's Oh, it's just written so well that you can picture exactly what is happening, mm-hmm. but you're not expecting it Mm-mm. to be that violent. No. And then he just... It was a lot like the moment in uh, The Patriot where he's like, man, the better man win. And like he stabs him and he's like, my sons were better men. Like, I've never seen The Patriot. You've never seen The Patriot? You would like it. It's good. We had a Boston Tea Party joke earlier. Mm. It's on brand for the moment. Uh, it's man. good. But, um, yeah, it's like it's like we said before. They're not your typical protagonists. Mm-hmm. They make the wrong call, and they do bad things sometimes. Oh gosh. And they're but for so the right, good. For the right reasons. Yes. Look, I'm all for women's rights, but I'm also for, for women's, women's wrongs. wrongs. <laughs> Speaking of n- women's wrongs, chapter 14 starts with Nina. <laughs> and so uh, Nina's point of view, and she is trying to take care of Inej, but knows that she doesn't have adequate training. Yes. Oh, I said twaining. <laughs> training. <laughs> and so we get yes. a little bit, again, a more of a background on Nina. And we find mm-hmm. that she trained at the Little Palace as a Grisha. Um, and that mm-hmm. the first two years of corporal key training um, are the same for all Grisha students. And then after the two years. Um, and so for the first two years of training, all corporal key all train the same. And then after those two years, two years, they mm-hmm. diverge into healers and heart renders. Mm-hmm. Heart renders are soldiers. Healers dealt with the living. Heart renders deal with the dead. Um, so two sides of, of a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, also important to note is that during Nina's training at the Little Palace, um, it was during the Ravka Civil War. And mm-hmm. so at some point during that, the student Grisha had to go into hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it was over, the remaining Grisha were trained pretty quickly. Nina was only trained in six months and then sent Ooh. out onto a mission. So we also get a timeline for when this is happening compared mm-hmm. to Shadow and Bone. Um, and yes. so Nina is 17 um, and while she was in training, so after maybe mm-hmm. those first two years, so um, she was like 13, 14 when the Civil War happened, and so now she's 17. So, like, a few mm-hmm. years have passed since the, um, what's happening in chat, what has happened in Shadow and Bone. Yep. Um, and so they get a short advanced training and then are sent into the field. Mm-hmm. And Nina had only spent six months before she was sent on her first mission. Um, and she, notes that she was so excited to go into the field Mm -hmm. but now she wishes that she had had more training on healing and she notes that working for Kaz the past year and healing and tailoring the dregs has helped Mm -hmm. but it wasn't enough and she hopes that what she can do is enough for Inej and she looks at Inej and notes that she's built like an acrobat yeah. Um, and we get a description of what Nina did to save her. So mm-hmm. it was a pretty deep stab wound. It was really close. So like it seems like it came in like not in her left armpit, but definitely like 
close-ish, mm-hmm. and then it almost got, like, the top of her heart. So it probably went through her lungs, definitely did some damage to the veins and arteries and everything, like, so it was just a, a bad time. Yeah. It was a deep stab wound, and so uh, Nina tried to stop the bleeding from the inside out, mm-hmm. but that's all that she could do, um, and that now she can just monitor her pulse and breathing. And so mm-hmm. she sets, um, puts a blanket over Inej, because Inej is it's cold. She's lost a lot of blood. Um, puts a blanket over her, and she, as she's doing that, she notices the scarred flesh on her forearm. Mm-hmm. And Nina realizes that that is where the tattoo for the menagerie used to be. And then she looks at Inej's other arm, and also realizes that she does not have a crow tattoo for the dregs, yep. and is super confused by that because yeah. that is what marks you as safe, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In in Ketterdam. Uh, and Nina herself has two tattoos, one for mm-hmm. the white roses that she is not really a part of, but works there to get information. And then mm-hmm. the real one um, that is the the dregs. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't understand why Inez doesn't have one, especially when Kaz trusts her so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she notes, um, she, she's like, I wonder if I saw something else besides anger mm-hmm. um, when he set her down and then thinks... Or maybe I'm just a romantic. Yeah. Um, but then she has her own moment of drama and is like, oh, I wouldn't wish love on anyone. It's the guests you welcomed and then couldn't be rid of. <sighs> Homegirl. She's going through it. Down bad. They're all going through it. Um, and so then we kind of, we get back to, and I'm sorry, I lost my place in my notes. I clicked down and then it went to a whole new page. Oh no, I, I hate, hate that. that. Um, and so... We get back to Inej, and Nina is asking Inej, please be okay. Um, and she thinks that she sounds like a little girl who, that Nina herself sounds like a little girl who didn't know what she was doing, but that's exactly how she felt. And she thinks that her training had been too short, and she had been sent out on her mission too soon, mm-hmm. and that Zoya had been right. And we're, we're like, like huh? Zoya? What do you mean, Zoya? I know her. Um, and so we do know who Zoya is. Um, well, we've men- we mentioned her casually in mm-hmm. Shadow and Bone, and she she goes through a lot of growth in the next two books. Yes. Um, but we get a little bit more background on Zoya. And so, soy, so Zoya Nazielinski is a powerful squalor, um, described as gorgeous to the point of absurdity, and capable of reducing Nina's confidence to ash with a single raised brow. Like tall, like filled out, beautiful mm-hmm. force of nature, Nina. And yeah, so we get that Nina is full of confidence and so sure of herself with the exception of when it comes to Zoya. And Nina is younger than Zoya too. I think mm -hmm. it's worth mentioning. Zoya and Alina have both, well, everybody thinks Alina's dead. Um, No, in this book they do. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Okay. (laughs) In Six of Crows, I mean, they call her Sancta Alina. Mm -hmm. They think she's dead. Um, But Zoya's probably, what, 19 now? If Nina's no, in her 17, 20s. then in she's her in her 20s. 20s. Yeah. yeah. So um, Nina, she's kind of like a role model to Nina, but mm-hmm. she's also still herself. So she's kind of mean to her too. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, Nina says, you were right, Zoya. Happy now to no one. And Jesper is in the doorway and he says, uh, giddy. giddy. <laughs> and then head. asks her who Zoya is. Um, and then Nina kind of describes who she is. Um, and, uh, that she had been her, like, 
mentor, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. her teacher, um, and, uh, well, hold on, who mm-hmm. can also kind of destroy her confidence in a second. Um, <laughs> and uh, Jesper asks if she was in the second army. And Nina tells him what's left of it. And then we learn that after the Civil War that the Grisha soldiers were essentially taken down to zero. Like, just dispersed. Mm-hmm. Like some are dead, some ran, ran. away. Mm-hmm. And then Nina asks Jesper, do you know the best way to find Grisha who don't want to be found? And Jesper kind of nervously mm-hmm. um, touches his guns and... He yep. he says, "Oh, I never, I never gave so, it much thought." Jesper's version of foam wallet keys <laughs> is checking for both of his revolvers and his rifle. Like he's just always moving, but mm-hmm. he's like, "Hmm, I don't know." That's so weird. And then Nina tells him that the best way to look for Grisha is to look for miracles and listen to bedtime stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesper says, "Well, if they don't want to be found, you should just let them be." <clears throat> Uh, and, and Nina, Ravkin Patriot says, yeah. Nina tells him that the Druskela won't let them and that they hunt in Grisha everywhere. And then Jesper, a little bit of a low bro, brings oh, in Matthias because yeah. he wants to switch the trajectory of the conversation. Yes. He's also just very chaotic in general. But, yeah. <laughs> but he does want to change this line of conversation. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Jesper tells her that he is there to find the shackles to, um, tie Matthias up um and Nina asks him if he wants to trade (laughs) and um she then realizes after she asks that uh she notices that this is the stillest Jesper has ever been because he's in constant motion and when he looks at Inej that it's the first time that he has looked at her since he entered the room so he had been avoiding it Mm -hmm. and he tells Nina that she can't die not like this and Nina's kind of exasperated, saying, I'm doing my best. Like, I have mm-hmm. done everything I can. I'm working. I'm doing. And he tells her, you did a good job. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But awkwardly. Because they don't know what's going to happen to her. They don't know what, what they can yeah. do. Or they know they can't do anything, but they just Everyone want to make it. Everyone wants Nina to say, yeah, I did it. She's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But that's just not the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, Jesper leaves and Nina... Goes back to putting her focus on an edge. Um, and, uh, wait, where are we? Oh, sorry. Um, I missed a line. So she lets him, I wrote in my notes, she lets him go tie up Matthias. Um, <laughs> and she is left with Zoya's voice in her head mm-hmm. and a reminder that her best wasn't good enough. So she's mm-hmm. not confident. Um, and it's not that Zoya is was just, like, so hard on her. It's just, like how tough she was on Nina really affected her because her criticism was warranted. Yes. Mm -hmm. As we have seen, Nina's really impulsive. Mm -hmm. She's led by her emotions and she thinks she's always right. And she is right most of the time. (laughs) I am led by my emotions and I always think I'm right. Well, and most of the time, you know, she is right, but it's those the one time out of ten that she's not, that there, we have these consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she then moves her attention back to Inej and tries to improve her improve her blood flow and raise her temperature. Um, and then she thought that she wasn't totally honest with Jesper because part of her mission um, as part of the first, or the part of the second army mm-hmm. 
um, wasn't just project protecting Grisha from Druskela. Um, part of it was also trying to recruit Grisha yep. that they found into the second army to try and grow it. Yeah. They wanted Grisha to immigrate from their home countries mm-hmm. to Ravka to start kind of buffing up the second army again and rebuilding. And again, we get a really good transition back. I love the way these yes. flashbacks are They're written. nested in so mm-hmm. well. It's just done so seamlessly. I don't want to say effortlessly because I know it took a lot of effort. I know it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> but it seems so smooth mm-hmm. um, because she is there with Inej and then immediately we're back yes. to where Nina was um, on her first mission. And so um, we know that she'd been too young to fight in the Rabkin Civil War, that she was still a student. Um but her gift of languages, so we mentioned, I think in the first episode, mm-hmm. um, that she's a polyglot, um, or mm-hmm. what would be considered, and she speaks Shu, Kalish, Suli, Fierden, and even a little bit of Zemini. Um, mm-hmm. And so because of that, Zoya let her go onto a mission. And so she went with a team of Grisha examiners, who are the ones who can tell someone if they are Grisha mm-hmm. or not, to the Wandering Isle. And she had succeeded where she had been. So she disguised herself as a traveler and would stop um, places and eavesdrop on conversations. Mm -hmm. And going back to those stories and miracles, she would listen to what people said um, about... Just different happenings. Just folk tales. Yes. There we go. And old wives' tales. Like, just things like that. Because, like she said, those little tales have kernels of truth to them. Mm -hmm. And she would follow those kernels of truth. Back to their source, which is more mm-hmm. often than not, Grisha. Mm-hmm. And so she says that they found two Grisha families hiding um, and that they saved a mother, father, and two boys um, from Ahmad. And um, they'd had their powers confirmed by an examiner. Um, and then we're back and Nina is confident because she has been able to find these families. Mm-hmm. And um, she's saying that she spoke Kalish, like, she was a native. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's really feeling herself. Because, again, she's a teenager. She's young and mm-hmm. succeeding in these missions. And Zoya, Zoya tells her that it's not enough, and that you need to be less... Um, less memorable, yeah. I think, <laughs> is, is what it, it amounts to. Because she's too loud. She, she is too memorable. She takes too many risks. Um, and the examiner that they were with tells her, go easy on her. Um, she's doing a good job. And Zoya says that her instructors weren't easy on her. Mm-hmm. So she's not going to go easy on Nina. Um, and so after that, Nina kind of storms off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because she realizes that Zoya was correct. And so she also started to cry. And she was embarrassed by that because she's letting mm-hmm. her emotions show. Letting letting it show that Zoya was, was right in that instance. And Zoya, as she as Nina was walking off, Zoya yelled at her um, to not go past the ridge. But of course, Nina did not listen. No, and she just wanted to be as far away from from Zoya as she could. And then she walked right into a Druskela camp. <sighs> Girlfriend, this girl. All she had to do was listen. But she walks into this camp, and she sees six blonde boys all speaking Fierden, um, and they're just kind of waiting. Yeah, they, they didn't make a campfire. They're mm-hmm. not dressed in their witchfinder clothes. Mm-mm. But she knows. She can tell. She, I mean, tall, blonde, gigantic, country hunk of muscle. <laughs> <laughs> Six guys sitting there, not around a fire, close to dark. It's a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she clocks it right away. 
And so they see her um, and they stared at her for a second. And in Kayla, she, she kind of puts on her best. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like, thank you so much. Yes. I'm tra- I was I'm traveling, traveling with, with my, my family. family. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got turned around in the woods. Um, and she's asking for help that the, I am a poor lonely maiden. Who yes. It is in distress and in need of a, a strong man. Whatever. Yes. Um, like trying to like, to bat her eyelashes yeah. out of the situation. Uh, and so the fear didn't say, oh, I think she's lost. And then one of them who we find out is actually Matthias Mm -hmm. raises his lantern. Um, and she describes what his face looks like. like, And she says that he looks like a paint. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) It's true. She says that he looks like a painting. Um, and he asks what she's doing out there, but he asks her in Fierden. And so, mm-hmm. again, she's speaking Kalish to make it seem like, like she is Kalish. I don't understand. She's I'm like, lost. I don't understand. And then he lunges towards her, and without thinking, she puts her hands up she just to use her powers. And then she realizes, oh, no. And that's why Matthias was really good at his job. Yeah. Because he was like, here's an easy test. <laughs> post up. And, post and she up. did. And she's like, <laughs> If y'all could see the way Jordan oh. did her hands, it was like like a red panda like who's a little, scared. Just, <laughs> just put your hands up. It's true. Just, <laughs> and that was her. And then she was like, damn it. And um, she realizes uh, that was too quick. And before mm-hmm. she can use her powers, Matthias, um, who we la- the person who we later find out is Matthias, mm-hmm. grabs her wrists um, and slams her hands together so she can't use her powers. And he calls her Druse. Um, Druhe? Druse. I think Druse was good. Druse. Um, and calls her a witch. witch. She's um, a witch! <laughs> you wicked? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, she realizes that the attack had been a test that a girl lost mm-hmm. in the woods would have cowered if someone had come at her, but, um, she had been too quick, and she, again, kind of realizes that Nina, or that Zoya, Zoya was, was right. right, um, and she's pleading with them, she's not crying out for help, um, and she's talking to them in Kalish, not Ravkin, still trying not to give herself away. Yep. And they bound her hands, and they threatened her, and they put her in a rowboat, and they take her, um, the Druskela row her out to a ship anchored off the coast, and yep. threw her into a cage below deck full of other captive Grisha. And let's remember that this is illegal. Yes. <laughs> like, this isn't something like, oh, Fierda just does that. No. This is illegal. <laughs> Straight up. Against the law. Against, <laughs> like, it is breaking um, international. I was about to say, they think like, oh, we're international waters. It's no, fine. No. No, that is not That's it. a human person. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she um, notes that night blended into day because they were below deck and there's all these Grisha and that their yes. hands were bound Dates. tightly so they couldn't use their powers. They were given like stale bread, and mm-hmm. barely any water, just enough to keep them alive, mm-hmm. that it stinks because they didn't have, like, a restroom to relieve themselves. Just awful. Um, and that um, every once in a while, the Druskela would come back with another captive, um, another captive Grisha. And that the Fierdens would stand outside the cages, um, eating and drinking, like, mm-hmm. you know, celebrating what they have and mocking the Grisha's um, conditions that they put them in. Yeah. Just awful. <laughs> and Nina notes that even though the conditions were awful, the fear of what was ahead was a was lot worse. 
um, because the inquisitors at the ice court um, where they were taking them um, to have a quote unquote fair trial, not a fair trial. Spoiler, not. No. Um, They're like, oh, it's fair. Everyone gets a trial. Yeah, and everyone's found guilty yeah. every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one day um, the Druskela um, had come down to where all the Grisha were. And they were dressed in their fancy uniforms. Their finery. And um, had fallen into ranks. And then their commander entered. Ugh. Ugh. Lee Bardugo's so good at writing villains. She is. Like, oh my gosh. Um, and he asks, the commander asks them how many. And someone, um, Matthias. Matthias, replies 15. And then the commander, the commanding officer says, I'm Jarl Brum. Ooh. Gross. And everyone, all of the Grisha who were mm-hmm. being held captive, you just kind of feel that they realize, oh, this is really bad. His name carries weight. Mm-hmm. Because um, he is a commander. He's known for being ruthless and torturous to the Grisha. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a flashback within a flashback. Um, yes. Again, done so well. Yes. And Nina says that in school she had been obsessed with the Druskela and that um, she got to learn all about their culture. That's why she perfected mm-hmm. her her and so she could prepare herself to fight them, specifically Jaw Brum. Mm-hmm. Um, and under Brum's leadership, the Druskela had become bigger, more deadly, stronger, and more and more, were capturing more and more Grisha. Yes. Because Brum excels at every part of the game. Mm-hmm. The training, the propaganda, the recruitment, the retention, everything. <laughs> I know. That wasn't on purpose. But he, he understands all the different pieces of the puzzle that make it work, and he is excellent at all of the pieces, and... Uses that to deadly force. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I would almost describe this as like a Nazi level. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is going to sound... I'm not even going to say it actually. Okay. But <laughs> he's really bad. Yes. Not good. Um, and so she always imagined facing Brum one day, but did not think that she would do it mm-hmm. while she is bound um, and starving. As a captive. Yes. And so... They're back in the in in the ship, and um, Brahma is saying that the next generation of the Druskela are standing before you, and they'll bring you to face trial. And once they do that, they'll earn the rank of officer. So it's kind of like a rite of passage for the Druskela that they yes. have to bring in a captive Grisha in order to become an officer. Which ick, yeah, right. Ick. This was their rite of passage, mm-hmm. and then. While they're doing that, one of the prisoners says, I've done nothing. I'm a farmer. Like, I've, I've done you no harm. And Brum tells him that he's an insult to Jell, which is their god, mm-hmm. um, and that they are a blight on this earth. Ugh. Um, so gross. Awful. Who gives him the authority to say oh, that? Oh, my gosh. Um, and he saves his mercy for helpless men and women mowed down by Grisha abominations. This disgusting hatred and mm-hmm. um increased uh torture and abuse comes from fear because the Druskela yep. and these people they don't have grisha powers or not grisha mm-hmm. so they're terrified of what it can't do yep um uh, maybe they're just jealous <laughs> i think i think there's some jealousy at play honestly yeah. 
And so Brom leaves and the Druskella are um, kind of excited to get to the court. And they're like, oh, yeah. I, I can um, grow my beard. because yeah. only they're finally going to be allowed mm-hmm. to grow facial hair. Only officers are allowed to have beards. And then ugh, one of them, disgusting. Yes, so gross. One of them grabs Nina by her hair and says that he likes this one. Still nice and round. Um, maybe we should open that cage door and hose her down. Disgusting. So gross. Again, Libra Dugo, so good at writing villains, so good at writing disgusting men. Yes. Um, predatory, even. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then Matthias. Then Matthias says, what's wrong with you? Like, why would you do that? And you're like, oh. Like, he is he okay? A and gentleman? Then, no, but because then he, he says, says, would you fornicate with a dog? Bro. Yuck. And then his little classmate's like, Depends. What's the dog look like? It's like, y'all are stupid. Disgusting. And disgusting. Um, and so the rest of the Druskela head up, and Matthias is the last one <laughs> who's who's in the bottom of the ship. And in Fearden, Like, perfect Fearden. In perfect Fearden, Nina tells him what crimes. And he stops. He's mm-hmm. a gog. <laughs> he is. He's like, bitch. <laughs> like, whoops. <laughs> um... And he turns around and he is so upset because she can speak his language. Yep. And he asks her if she served on Ravka's northern border. Like, how could, how could a Grisha how could you know? How could a Grisha know how to speak perfect Fjordan? Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm Kalish and I can speak any language. Um, he's like, witchcraft. <laughs> he literally says. I love this comeback. She says, if by witchcraft you mean the arcane practice of reading, right? Sick bird, Nina. She drag him. The first like little bit of their interactions with each other is her reading him for filth. Yes. She's like, "Oh, you mean the sun?" <laughs> like, <laughs> pretty which much is crazy. Because um, his first thought is like, "Oh, the only way someone can know multiple languages is, is through witchcraft. witchcraft reading." And she's like, "Literally, read a book." <laughs> um, <laughs> And so he tells her that she'll be tried for espionage and crimes against the people. Um, and he tells her that they'll, ha- or he tells the other Grisha, because another Grisha uh-huh. does try and speak up. And Matthias tells him that they'll have a trial and you'll be treated more fairly than your kind deserve. And Nina asks him, how many Grisha are ever found innocent? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, another Grisha tells her not to provoke him. But she continues, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then he turns to walk away, and she yells, wait, um, and asks him for fresh water. Yep. Uh, and she asks him, would you treat your dogs like this? And again, this guy, he's he's grasping at straws at this point, because mm-hmm. he is losing this... Um, this battle of the wits. Yes. That is that is exactly what I was going to say. I just couldn't think of the word. Um, and so he says... <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Dogs know loyalty, at least. Fidelity to the pack. It's an insult to the dog to call you one. <laughs> Bro. Ugh. Bro. Come on. Be better. Um, and then she just asks, water, please. But in her head, she's like, I'm going to feed you to a pack of hungry hounds. You butthead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he leaves. And so they don't think that he's going to bring them water. But he comes back um, with a tin cup and a bucket of clean water and doesn't say anything and leaves. Um, and Nina helps another Grisha get some water, and she drank some. Um, but, uh, oh, 
as <laughs> she's shaking so badly that yeah turns into a wet t-shirt contest but not intentionally no she's, not intentionally she's starving she's dehydrated um and so as she's trying to drink a cup of water some spills on her shirt and um she notices that matthias turned away and so she flirts with him <laughs> she just can't help it she uh-huh. can't and she also loves making him uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> and so after that, he leaves, but they go without more fresh water for a few days. Um, so he potentially could have saved their life. And then this part of this flashback ends with mm-hmm. her thinking that when the storm hit, the tin cup that he brought saved her life. What Which happened? So good. And so this, a little bit, is in the book. Or in the show. In the show, a little. That's true. And... Oh my gosh. This Which I think was so smart. It to was do it that way. It was. This part in the show is so well done. It's I, 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 I could see like the the show frame mm-hmm. for frame going through this. I again, I love Nina and Matthias. They are Huh? I said I hadn't heard. <laughs> Jordan has never, I've never talked this about is, Nina and Matthias. This is news to me, actually. <laughs> I love Nina and Matthias and their relationship and how mm-hmm. quick-witted and open she is and how he, he grows. Yes. Um, well, we'll see that. But in the show, um, he asks her, like, why, what her powers are, like, what she can do. Because mm-hmm. he's trying to understand. And then she does ask him in the show. Mm-hmm how many Grisha are found innocent. And in the show, you see him kind of... You can see the cogs turning. Yes. It's it's a little bit of, wait a second, are Grisha ever found He's innocent? He's like, that's a good point. If it's a fair mm-hmm. trial, statistically, by the, the law of large numbers, some people mm-hmm. should have been found innocent. But, but spoiler, no one, no one has. Um, and instead of asking for water in the show, she asked for... Food, mm-hmm. I think, right? I think. Or no, I don't know if she asks for it, um, mm-hmm. but he brings it to her. Yeah. And she says, oh, it's poison. And then he takes a bite in front of her. That's it's like right. the slowest bite ever. <laughs> um, and then he he, um, he proves that it's not poisonous. And so even though she's chained up and starving, um, he like feeds her a bite and she takes a bite and mm-hmm. he is telling her, see, it's fine. And she spits it at him. Girl boss move. Let's go. She said, absolutely not. And so he's asking her these questions and trying to mm-hmm. understand and trying to reconcile yes. in his mind that Grisha are bad. Um, yes. He's going through it. That's why I really, really like that Matthias has his own point of view chapters mm-hmm. in Six of yes. Crows and in Crooked Kingdom. And then that the things that Matthias goes through and that Nina goes through with him have ramifications for the later books. Because it would have been very, very easy for Lee Bardugo to take the moral high ground, and I put mm-hmm. that in quotes, and not give Matthias a voice mm-hmm. and be like, and feared is bad wholesale and it sucks mm-hmm. and people there are racist and dumb. It would have been very easy for mm-hmm. her to do that. But she chose the nuanced take, made Matthias a point of view character, and so we see the systems that create a person mm-hmm. like Brum and like Matthias. And we see the feuding culture and how it's not all bad and all of that because nothing is black and white in, in the real world and in mm-hmm. these books. And I've said it before, we both love the show and the books. Mm-hmm. I am so excited for more Nina and Matthias I in know. season two. It's going to be so good. I watched the trailer, spoiler, again, the sneak peek a yeah. hundred times. <laughs> It's we so watched good. it when it came out. And, and we, we were at work. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we were, oh yeah, we did. Yeah, it was at we the were, conference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Um, and we're like, sorry, can't talk right now. Sorry. This is happening. <laughs> it was two minutes. We deserved a break. Yeah. <laughs> but. And um, we were hoping that by this point, we would know when know. season two was going to come out. Again, it only said 2023. Again, any anyone listening who is a part of the production team or cast Anybody. or Lee Bardugo, anyone, anyone, if you know when season two is going to be released, Please. send us an email Please. at twomournerspod at gmail.com. <laughs> um, again, we would only tell each other. No, we will we, keep it we secret. We wouldn't broadcast it. We pinky promise. We just want, we just want to know. Um, <laughs> that way we I'm can... I'm to put it in my planner so yeah. I can take some vacation days. And also that way we can talk about it on the podcast. Yes. Because if we get to like Crooked Kingdom and then we're yes. talking about it... Yes. Come on. Come on now. Anyway, back to the book. Um, <laughs> so we are back in present day, yes. no longer the flashback, and Nina kind of wakes up. Yeah, we discovered um, the flashback was a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which is also a really good way of doing yeah. that. Um, she wakes up and sees Matthias outside the room that she and Inez are in, um, and she quickly checks Inez's pulse, and she asks Matthias if she had been sleeping, and he tells her, oh, you were just dozing. And she kind of tries to joke, um, or no, sorry, not mm-hmm. yet. Um, and she, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, she's like, oh, I hope I wasn't snoring, mm-hmm. kind of. And then he doesn't respond. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she sees that he has shaved um, and that his hair is shorter. And mm-hmm. so she asks if they let him have a razor and he tells her that Jesper was the one who did it. Um mm-hmm. And uh, she thinks that he must be happy to be clean shaven because, again, only the Druskela officers are allowed to have beards. And then she asks him something in Fjerden, and mm-hmm. they have a little bit of back and forth. Because, um, <laughs> again, she speaks in Fjerden, and he tells her, don't. Yep. And she asks him if he per- if he would prefer if she spoke in Kirch, and he says that he doesn't want to hear his language from, his- from her mouth, which... Eh, Okay, but he says that, and then his eyes, like, flick to her lips. And she's like, oh. <laughs> and so she continues, in Fearden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she says that, you always liked it when I spoke in your tongue. You said it sounded pure. Um, and it was true. She she was worked really hard on her accent, so it mm-hmm. did sound like she was a native Fearden speaker. Mm-hmm. And then Matthias tells her, don't, pre- don't press him. Um and that mm-hmm. the pardon that Kaz is holding over his head is a dream to hold on to. And uh, the memory of her pulse fading beneath his fingers is easier to bring to mind. Which upsets her. And they're both going yes, back and forth. Clearly. They are. Like, oh my gosh. The have, sub- a, have a the, conversation. The subtext in all of this snark is, I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I ugh. It's like, uh, it's. It's um like Dr. Lieber. I love you, but like I see through in Christ. <laughs> He's like, I hate you. <laughs> I'm like a sister in jail. <laughs> That's it. Um, Gosh. And so um they continue with a little back and forth and he calls her a witch. Um because okay, this is a low blow of Nina. Yeah, she shouldn't so have done this. He he kinda threatens her with the choking her again, and so she um 
slows his heart, um, or sorry, she makes his heart race. Makes his heart race using her powers, not not because he's like, oh, not because his heart skipped a beat. It skipped no. a beat because she used her powers. She's like, Nyeh. and then he calls her a witch, and that was a low blow of her for, to do that because mm-hmm. she knows that he is scared of her powers, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, so she stops and she she is kind of she is embarrassed at her response and she tells mm-hmm. him to go um that and that she has a patient to see to and so she goes back to ch- checking Inej and mm-hmm. Matthias asks will she live and um when Nina asks Matthias why he cares he says of course I care she's a human being and there's some subtext to that which is unlike you yeah because Juskela don't see uh, Grisha as humans which also a low blow. So they are just going lower, 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 like gut punch after gut mm-hmm. punch after gut punch. Um, but then um, Matthias says, Kaz asked you if the White Rose would would send a, a delegation to Ring Scala. Like, mm-hmm. what, what, how do you know what the White Rose is? And she's like, how do you know what the White Rose is? Yeah. And we find that he learned about it on Hellgate. Mm-hmm. Um, and without actually saying anything, she shows him the tattoo of the roses on her forearm. And he is kind of disgusted in that because he, he says, yeah. you chose to work there. And we find that the Fierden women are pious and... Um, like like a Victorian woman, you know, mm-hmm. like the, um, what is it the, mm-hmm. uh, oh my gosh, words are hard, um, <laughs> like your typical mm-hmm. um, delicate, fragile, feminine, yes. yeah, um, housewife don't have a say. Not mm-hmm. sorry, not housewife. That's the wrong word to use. But you know, like the typical image of that. Yeah. Um, and he says you chose to work there, and she tells him that chose is a bit of a stretch, but yes. And then he asks her why she remained in Kirch because she could have left. Mm-hmm. And she tells him that she couldn't leave him in Hellgate. And he's super confused because he's like, you put me in Hellgate. Um, and she says that it was a mistake. And he's upset, real upset, because he, mm-hmm. he just spent a year in prison as an 18-year-old. In a prison, too. In like, a bad ooh. prison. And he's like, a mistake? Nina, I saved your life, and you accuse me of being a slaver. Oh, so we see. Mm-hmm. That's where, that's why. So, and Nina tells him that she's, like, she's, yeah. she's like, yeah, I did, and I've spent the last year trying to find a way to set things right and he's like not nothing you say is true mm-hmm. and she tells him that she's never lied to him and he's like well the first words you spoke to me were in kalish so there's a little bit of a lie mm-hmm. and she's like well yeah but then you put me in a cage and tied me up so you know again mm-hmm. digging like Lower, 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 foot in the mouth. The grave is mm-hmm. is beyond six feet deep. <laughs> um, and then from the bottom of the ocean, he says, <laughs> I shouldn't have blamed you. You can't help yourself. It's your nature to dissemble. And then it's like, oh, you removed the bruises. From me trying to kill you. Like, it's but the then, subtext. But then she, she says, does that bother you? And... He doesn't say anything, but she sees that he had shame over mm-hmm. overdoing that. Um, and she notes, this is really important. So what Jordan was talking about earlier, earlier Matthias had always fought his own decency. To become a Druskela, he had to kill the good things inside him. But the mm-hmm. boy he should have been was always there. And mm-hmm. she'd begun to see the truth of him in the days they'd spent together after the shipwreck. So we find there was a shipwreck. 
They were together, mm-hmm. obviously. Something happened. And then she accused him of being a slaver and he spent the last year in Hellgate. Yes. So he's had a rough time of it. Yeah. No one has had an easy time in this book. No. And we have to remember, even removing everything else, it's really hard to grow up a certain way mm-hmm. in your own culture, in your own religion, in your own country, and then have someone else say, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Everything you've ever believed is wrong. And like sometimes it is, and you have to deconstruct that for yourself. Mm-hmm. But that that's difficult for Matthias. Yeah. And so they're going through it. We get, again, little crumbs of their background and how. Mm-hmm. So we know little pieces of what happened, and you're thinking, why would Nina do that? Um, and we know that she has a reason because she spent the last year trying to get him out of Calgate. Well, the further we go, the pieces come together. Again, mm-hmm. beautiful puzzle that we start we start working our way around the edge and then just fill our way into the middle. It's done so well. Yes. And so Oh that's so that's good. Mm-hmm. And so um she tells him that she needs to see to an edge, that she needs to take care of an edge. She's tired of this conversation and these feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're both feeling a lot of feelings all over. Um and they don't know how to express them um so Mm -hmm. she wants him to leave and he doesn't leave he asks her did you think of me at all nina did i trouble your sleep and she tries to shrug it off off. and it's like well a corporal he can sleep whenever because they can slow their own hearts to go Mm -hmm. sleep um and then he says that sleep is a luxury in hellgate but when (laughs) when i slept i dreamed of you and And he said that's right had to put some selena in yeah, there yeah too <laughs> but but she's like huh and he says that's right and that makes me think <laughs> this is totally different but that makes me think of when my husband proposed to me because the only thing i can remember that he said he took the ring out and he got on one knee and he said some very what i'm sure are very very sweet heartfelt things but the only thing from that I can remember is him saying, that's right, it's finally happening. <laughs> and I spit out a cherry pit, and I put the ring on myself, <laughs> felt really bad, and I made him take it off and put it back on me later. Oh my gosh. But anyway, he goes, that's right, every um, time I closed my eyes. And she asks him what happened in the dreams. And she she wants to know, but she's also, she's also like fearing not, because yes. she knows that he's... Of course, furious at her. So she wants to know, but not really. Mm-hmm. And then he says that she did horrible things, the worst kind of torture. Um, and she says that she was a monster. But then he spins it on its head and <gasps> says, a monster, a maiden, a sylph of the ice. You kissed me, whispered stories in my ear. You sang to me and held me as I slept. Your laugh chased me into waking. <sighs> Matthias a the poet? poet? <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh. And she, again, is trying to play it off, mm-hmm. saying, you always hated my laugh. And then he's, like, <laughs> experiencing this weird moment of earnestness. And he's just, he says, Ugh. I loved your laugh, Nina. And your fierce warrior's heart. I might have loved you, too. Uh. <laughs> and then she notes that he says might have before Once. she betrayed him. And that, like, Ugh. hurts her because she thinks that there's no moving forward mm-hmm. from this. Um, she knows she should leave the moment there, yeah. but she just can't help it. This is something <laughs> I do, too. It's like, even when I know I don't want to know the answer, I still can't help but ask. And she's like, and what did you do, Matthias? What did you do to me in your dreams? And the ship sways back and forth. And he says, 
Everything. Everything. They. My gosh. Now kissed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. You can see that they both have anger for Mm -hmm. valid reasons. Oh, you can see in the. It's real quiet, and then (laughs) who? Us freaking out yes. about this. Uh, it's just so good. It's done. So, they both have anger, but they both have very earnest and true feelings. And yes. they, they're they trying to tell each other, but they have this other feeling that is contradicting the care and love that they have. They both have this, this equal feeling of, I love this person so much. If they loved me this much, how could they do this to me? Oh, Yes. And they both feel that way. And that's what's Mm -hmm. preventing them from bridging that gap with each other. But again, I I read this. I love reading this for a second time. Um, So good. I just, I'm getting more of it out of the second time, but I wish I could go back and read it for the first time again. I know, because I read it so fast the first Mm -hmm. time I read it, because it's so good that, like, getting to slow down and go into it, I would love to see it with new eyes again. It's so good. But he's just like, oh my gosh, your heart just, like, breaks and swells at the same time mm-hmm. i love nina matthias i don't i just oh my gosh it's so good anyway that's the end of chapter 14 <laughs> and we're at the chapter 15 <laughs> um sobbing so chapter 15 is now on matthias's point of view mm-hmm. and so matthias comes back on deck and he heads to the railing because he's seasick and um, he's gotta throw up yeah. <laughs> is it from the seasickness or because of the conversation he just had with nina we'll <laughs> never know is yes and but then poor wylan <laughs> keeps getting only the soft one wylan <laughs> seemed to be struggling yeah my poor so, dude my poor little litmus yeah. test <laughs> so matthias is kind of upset because, again, the only other person who's sick is Wylan, and mm-hmm. he calls him the soft one, and <sighs> this poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he uh, notes that he had been on sea voyages before as a Druskela, but he's always felt more comfortable on land and specifically on the ice. But then he ponders Nina's words, it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he, that, it, he's like, Whoa. What? What? Well, 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 lipstick? <laughs> I'm my Valentino white bag. I was gonna say that. <laughs> you beat me by one Dang second. It. <laughs> my favorite vines ever. Uh, he's real confused, <laughs> and um, he thinks that it doesn't matter um, what she said that she couldn't have meant it, and that her kind have no honor. We're breaking down a light uh, a life's worth of ideology yes um and he's trying and even with all of that he smells coffee and he's like i wonder if nina wants some coffee no (laughs) i shouldn't (laughs) oh bud (laughs) he's fighting himself so hard like nina clocked it Mm -hmm. too and then Kaz calls him over to where uh he jesper and wyland are looking at the plans for the ice court after wyland and matthias throw up (laughs) um and Kaz gives them both, or gives them all something called baleen, 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 mm-hmm. um, and it allows them to breathe temporarily underwater for like 10 minutes. Very cool. Um, and Wylan accidentally <laughs> activates it. Because of course he does. <laughs> this poor kid. Buddy. Um, and uh, Kaz then tells Matthias that he needs to add the names um, to the map of the buildings of the ice court. Mm-hmm. And so reluctantly... <laughs> 
Matthias adds a name and he feels more and more treasonous the more things that he adds. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kaz tells him that he's holding back and Matthias insists that it won't work. And then they start to go over the logistics of the the landscape yep. of what um, uh, Kaz is planning. And so Kaz is saying, oh, it has a roof. And Matthias says, you can't get to the roof. Um, mm-hmm. Did you hear that? I said the roof. Roof and roof, two different ways. <laughs> um, and so um, he says that the Druskella spend months working with Grisha prisoners um, as part of training and that mm-hmm. there's no way to access the roof. And Kaz is saying that there's always a way out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And ask, he's continues to ask Matthias what's there. Um, and Matthias tells him that it's a laundry and an incinerator. Light bulb. Um, Kaz oh. is like, oh, an incinerator? An incinerator, you say. <laughs> <laughs> and then as Matthias is like explaining what it's for, he realizes, oh, no. And he says, like- sweet gel. You want us to climb six stories up an incinerator shaft? Ugh. And he starts to ask him, when when does it run? <laughs> mm-hmm. And Matthias is like, I think in the early morning, but I don't even know if we can do that. And then he's interrupted by Nina, who mm-hmm. emerges from below deck. And Kaz immediately says, who's watching Anish? We're immediately. He, again... Let's have a conversation. Please. Let's, let's just talk about our feelings. Like, please. Um, and she tells him that Roddy is watching. Um, and she'll be back in a minute. She just needed some air. Um, and then she says, don't fake that you're actually concerned for Inej when you're planning on sending her to climb up six stories of a chimney. And he's like, oh, the Wraith can manage it. Hmm. And Nina, back to reality. <laughs> the Wraith is reality. Yeah. She's the Wraith is a sixteen year old girl currently lying unconscious on a table. She may not even survive the night. And Kaz is like, she will. <laughs> She's down bad. Um mm-hmm. and <laughs> Matthias says he suspects that Kaz would drag Inej back from hell himself if he had to. Which is not inaccurate. It is true. <laughs> and um so then Jesper chimes in his two cents and mm-hmm. says, so I get why are we talking about this? Um, we, we got a bigger problem. And Kaz is like, mm-hmm. what? What problem? Um, and uh, Jesper says that they have no business going after Boyle Bayer if Pekka Rollins is involved. Mm-hmm. And finally, Matthias has no idea who this guy is. Yeah. And he's like, who? Whomst? Who is Pekka Rollins? And so, um, he, he says that Kirch names have no dignity to them. That's like, it's an ugly name. Oh um, and I that, would never name my kids with Nina anything like that. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say anything like that. But, but he's probably he's, thinking he's just, it. He's purposely trying to swing himself so hard in the mm-hmm. other direction. That's so obvious. And so, people are having like a, a reaction to the name Pekka Rollins. Wyland Shudders. Um, it mm-hmm. says he's the biggest, baddest operator in all of Ketterdam. <laughs> and Jesper agrees with Wylan. Yeah, he's like, he's making sense for once. Mm-hmm. And Kaz is basically like, shut up. He's a barrel boss. No more, no, more. no less. Mm-hmm. Stop making him out to be some kind of immortal. And then Matthias thinks there's more going on here than Kaz mm-hmm. is saying. Um, that Kaz had had lost um, something in him and... Mm-hmm. 
when he like murdered Uman, it was it was very, it was calculated because of yes reasons. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because there's this. <laughs> This it's a TikTok audio, but it's from a, a really not really old, but an old animated show called Gravity Falls of a Minotaur going, "I smell emotional issues," and that's Matthias yep, right now. That is exactly what's happening. <laughs> He's like, "There's history here," mm-hmm. and Jasper doesn't think it's a good idea and says that Perhaska will be upset um, if he mm-hmm. finds out that you crossed Pekka Rollins, and then Kaz is saying that Pekka Rollins didn't come into this world. Um, Roland and Kruga, mm-hmm. and that every everyone there is thinking too small, and that they can do it, <laughs> um, and they'll be legends of the barrel. Mm-hmm. And then Wyland says, "Well, we should forget about approaching from the north. We need to, um, like, if Pekka Pekka's crew has a head start, so we need to start just go straight to Jerahome, which is the capital of Fierda. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cass says that the harbor will be crawling with security and they say, maybe we can go through the South and Nina's through Ravka and Nina says that the border is going to be locked. Matthias mm-hmm. is like, it's a big border. And she he's says, trying to get them caught. Yeah. This he's gone through. Um, <laughs> and so they eventually come to the realization that they do have to go through the North but Matthias also notes that, like I mentioned earlier, in Fierda, women don't talk back. Um, yeah. Don't also don't speak of strategy or, or military strategic matters. Mm-hmm. Benina always has, and so it kind of confuses him. And but they realize that they're going to have to go through the north as they planned. Um, and then Jesper <laughs> looks up, looks at the sky. And says, fine, but if Pekka Rollins kills us all, I'm going to get Wyland's ghost to teach my ghost how to play the flute, just so that I can annoy the hell out of your ghost. <laughs> and then Kaz says, I'll just hire Matthias's ghost to kick your ghost's ass. And then Matthias says, my ghost won't associate with your ghost. And then kind of like has an out-of-body experience where he's like, did I really just say that? <laughs> like, like, he's being reeled in by the power of friendship. Like, he says, and then wondered if the sea air was rotting his brain. No, it's the power of friendship. It's the first time any yeah. of these teenagers have had friends. It's just great. <sighs> they're having just, they're just, you know, they're just having a conversation. They're just, they're just gossiping. They're just having, having some fun, you yeah. know, over some good old fashioned coffee. Um, <laughs> and that is how the chapter ends. But that's also, again, another great, um, personification mm-hmm. of the character in this com of the characters mm-hmm. and the way they interact in this conversation and i love that she kind of does it at the end of mm-hmm. the chapters um because yeah. it, it wraps it up in a nice little bow yep. i think i agree um, so that was the end of part two servant mm-hmm. and lever or lever depending on your dialect and next week we'll be tackling part three heart sick <sighs> these so six of crows good. episodes are longer just because there's so much more to cover yes and also not that we're more invested in these characters but we love we these, love characters. these characters if you couldn't tell um and it, and it, there are more moving parts yes too there's a lot more nuances to understand we have the multiple points of view mm-hmm. um the I mean, it's off to not a running start. It's off to a sprinting start. Yes. Like Usain Bolt <laughs> is, hit the is running. running and we yeah. don't stop running. Yes. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to continue on, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what that is? That's growth. That is growth. Um, and so 
thank you guys for joining on chat joining for chapters 11 through 15 mm-hmm. of six of crows and we will see you next week if you yep. guys have any questions comments or concerns please send us or well questions comments concerns or spoiler slash updates about season two of Shadow mm-hmm. and Bone. <clears throat> you can email us at twomournerspod at gmail.com, two spelled out, T W O. Um, we would really love to get an email from anyone. Um, specifically, <laughs> I mean, anything, we would be very happy to hear from everyone, um, but we would absolutely love if it was a um, spoiler or a sneak yep. peek yep, for yep, season yep, two. Yep, yep. But we're not picky. We'll take anything. We're not picky. Our inbox is wide open. We are here to help and to engage with y'all. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And as always, happy happy heisting. Bye.